Good to see you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's going down? What is going down? Your mind can be blown. True. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good to see you all. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Can't look away. Can't look away. It's everywhere you look. It's everywhere you look. Right? Woo! Can't be afraid. You gotta be fearless. This is the time. Welcome, welcome. All right. So, welcome, 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 welcome. Hmm. Let's all take a deep breath in. And a deep breath out. Woo! Wow, is there so much going on or what? So much going on. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Tune In. I am your host, Jolene Starr, and this is the Fight for Humanity. We are live on the Wake Up Radio. We're so excited to have you all here today. Thank you so much for joining us. We want to invite you to join our Freedom of Speech platform, and you can make a profile there. You can create your own free content website, basically. You can put anything on there that you want to. So if there's something that you feel like you can't really express in the outside world, join on the Wake Up Radio and put all of your deepest, darkest, most beautiful, amazing emotions and thoughts there. Um, to have that kind of a platform in the age of censorship of technology is a gift. And so we welcome you to join us on the Wake Up Radio. We have a very exciting show tonight. A little, uh, you know, con complex conversation that's going to be happening. I'm very excited about this. Um, and at the same time, you know, there is this moment here now where we can't really tread lightly, right? There's like this uh, changing of the guards, I like to call it. So I just wanted to, before we bring our guest on, I wanted to just read to everybody very important writing. 
and you've heard it before, but I'm gonna share it with you here. So welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. So this, um, oof, you've heard this and you know we can apply it now to this moment in time in a very big way. So I'll just read it to you. First they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. So in this moment, in this changing of the guards, in this time where we are really being forced to look at the fourth industrial revolution that is upon us, when we are forced to look at the COVID-19 Great Reset, when will we stand? When will we say, well, give me some more facts. What's your data? What about us doing the research? Rather than us walking in other people's shoes, it's time to really, really harness our own responsibility and walk in our own. So with that, I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the Tune In, the Fight for Humanity. I am your host, Jolene Starr, and tonight we're gonna be bringing in EJ. He is the truth seeker, teller, master of Freedom Faction. He has been doing this work for a long time, and we will probably have a very complex conversation tonight that can make you maybe feel a little uncomfortable because the reality of it is that everything that's happening is a little uncomfortable. Everything that's been happening is uncomfortable. We're all in a position now where we have access to information, right? We have so much access to information and yet we're not doing the research. So to my fellow human beings, it's time to look outside of the box. It's time to set yourself free in a different way than you ever thought before and stand for something. We stand for nothing, we fall for anything, okay? So welcome, hearts open, minds aligned. Remember that the only thing you can control is your own frequency, and that's it. So that being said, we're going to bring in my guest of the evening, and I'm very excited. Let's see how this goes. If they let us go wild and free, we'll be live. Woo! All right. Hey. hey. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. This is awesome. They're letting us go live. Woo! Fingers crossed. I'll keep my fingers crossed and knock on wood. Seriously, man. I mean, you never know when it's going to start to do the scrolly rolly. So, the white wheel go. of death. <laughs> the wheel of stop, stop sharing. You know, it We're happens really all in too it. frequently. Right, I know, I noticed that. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you so much for bringing all of your knowledge and well-researched truths to the world. You're doing an incredible job. I mean, we just had this whole hour long conversation. And I'm like, whoa, we are like on the same page in so many ways. And this is part of us uniting to be able to have this conversation. Like I said, a conversation that can be very uncomfortable for many people, you know, very uncomfortable when we start to look in these different ways of, of mm, considering, let's, let's use the word consideration, that we must consider that there's something much bigger happening here. And yes. like I said this to you, EJ, on the phone, was 
that, you know, people feel that there's something happening. And yet at the same time, they don't know what that is. And they don't know how to express it. There's no safety anymore in so many ways. If people no longer feel safe, they no, no longer feel like they can fully express themselves. Um, and I call it the modern day McCarthyism, like I was sharing with you, because it's like this witch hunt, right? And if you go outside of the narrative, there's a, a likely chance that you will be punished in some way, shape or form. And so it takes bravery to do what you're doing. It takes like real um, trust and faith and courage. But most importantly, I think it, it takes that inner knowing that that's part of your mission. So I just want to acknowledge that, you know, I know that it takes a lot to bring these conversations to the world and you're doing an extensive amount of research. So thank you. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for having me on, man. You know, uh, it is always, it is always a blessing whenever somebody else recognizes your work uh, and the things that you're doing. So heck yeah, thank you for having me. It's always going to be a pleasure and an honor. It's amazing. I mean, like, I'm like sitting back in my chair because I know that the reality of what we're witnessing is literally like the changing of the guards. Yes. And as a humanity, we have a choice only in this moment. I have to say, it's a very small window. We might have waves of opportunity, but you can feel that this has started to kind of. Yes, converge. Like, like I, I describe it as like timelines converging. Um, I'm sure we might get into it, multidimensional existences, different timelines, other things like that. But we are truly like in a time period right now to where we see essentially things converging, uh, potential outcomes, potential futures that could have been there. They're being eradicated. We're moving more to a more focal, a more focused uh, outcome. Again, timelines are converging and certain mm. possibilities are uh, now before us. And because of this, we have to step forward through the Rubicon uh, to really understand what's before us. I think that's why, and I'm sure we'll talk about it throughout the show, uh, some of the hesitations with other people because they know something's wrong, but they're not stepping through that Rubicon. They're not crossing the threshold. They're not going through the event horizon. They're not coming out on the other side. They're staying in that state of apprehensiveness to where, oh, it, it could be this, oh, it might be this, oh, 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 it might be this. You know what it is. We all know what it is. We have to cross that Rubicon so we can understand what's on the other side. The, the more time we waste over here, waiting is the farther they get from us. We have to cross it. History is now. That's true. And I, I mean, 100% spot on. And that, that piece in particular, the part where we say, I'm confused, you know, um, people have been sharing, I'm confused. And I, and I have to stop in that moment because my work and my fight is for humanity. And that's for all humans. Like I, yes. I love human beings. I love people. I, I love the soul, like that they came here to do this mission. And it's about discovering what it is and how they can bring that through and remembering the divine God spark, you know, but so there's we, this, yeah. I got it. I got to interject because a couple weeks ago, mm. uh, unfortunately, I was supposed to get, I was supposed to get married. Uh, March 6th, my grandmother passed, March 2nd. Uh, yeah. I'm expecting my first daughter, September 9th. Oh. And during that time period, I don't know how, but I got stuck watching a ghost inside my child. Ooh. And so I took like a two week break doing social media, all this stuff, because I had a crazy thing going on. I found out I was going to be a father of a girl. I was trying to get married and my grandmother passed. I was in this weird trifecta 
of the revolving door of life. I was seeing a life go. I was creating the, 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 the framework for a life to get here. And I was sitting there right in the middle wondering, like, good Lord, how did I get here? And during that time period, I watched that show, Ghost Inside My Child. We're going to name my daughter after my grandmother. Oh. But I couldn't help think because you could hear, like, you would listen to these kids talk and they would talk about being in heaven, crawling down like on a silver uh, thread into their mother's belly. And you're like, my God, that's crazy. And then you would hear them talk about uh, learning the alphabet in Russian or uh, using indications of left and right as port and starboard uh, and having memories of being on the Titanic. You, you, you would say, my God, how did this happen? Fast forward to where we're at now. There are kids that are being born with past life memories and pre-birth existences that know that they are here to do the work that we're talking about. And we may not understand it, but trust me, there are things on heaven and earth greater than our minds can comprehend. We just have to be the stewards to lay the groundwork for these things to get here. So I, I just had to interject, but please continue. Yeah, I mean, you're speaking my language. You know, that that's the work that I do because the, the part that I think people um, are in the process of right now is remembering right? Yes. Like we're remembering what that cellular responsibility was when we chose to come down at this time. You know, yes. we're remembering that. And, you know, it's interesting because only just a couple of years ago, I would always look at the children in my store and say, God, their, their jobs haven't even been created yet. Like their world is nothing like the world that we're living in. Correct. And, and that's actually probably the piece that is the most moving in this moment is like, what are we doing with these ch for the children? Like mm -hmm. you realize adults, like all you adults out there, all these humans out there walking around doing their part in this big agenda, we are shaping what the future will look like for the unborn. Yes. And also for these young rainbow children, the indigos, the crystalline beings, all these beings that have a memory of where they came from, they're coming here to do something for us, but we need to lay the ground. Now, okay, so then that goes to the place, like, is it already written, right? Like, is it already written or is there free will? Like, which part of that story are we walking in now? Because you say multidimensional and I'm thinking multi-timelines, which one are we in, you know? The simple answer is yes. And that's not a simple answer. That's just the answer. You know, <laughs> there's, 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 thank, like God gave us free will so that we could learn the mistakes that we make but it is already written that we will do dumb things so that we can learn what we need to learn in order to do what we need to do. The simple answer is yes, it's a mixture of both, no doubt. Um, and I've, ha I've had people ask me on the show, you know, what can we do to fight back against this? Uh, how do we stand up? You're already standing up. Knowledge is half the battle. Yes. But in knowledge, right, you still have to figure out, okay, cool, what are my tools? Like we were saying beforehand, uh, how long is the durability of that weapon? Uh, how long can you stay in this position? How long until you have to switch strategies? That's just the knowledge, not the action. So some of this is pre-written. We could talk about Agenda 2030 being created in uh, Rio de Janeiro, January of 1992, the month and year that I was born. Or we could talk about, again, uh, how that's the month and year that I was born. Uh -huh. Does that mean that I'm supposed to do that work and undo that? And that's the question that, you, that a lot of people have to ask themselves. Uh, with all these things that are going on, you're not incapable, you're not ineffective. You're actually supposed to be the catalyst of change. But many people don't take, they don't take on that mantle, they don't undergo that commitment. Uh, 
and it, 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 I think that in and of itself is a great discredit. You know, I think one of the things I'm learning uh, about trying to become a parent is you have to want to try to take care of your kids. Holy crap. You want to support your kids. You want to encourage them. You want to help them uh, follow their dreams and shape this world. Yeah. That was not something that was done for us, my generation. My generation yeah. just kind of got given toys and just told to live. We're already noticing within a single generation the role of the parents and how that shapes for the future landscape. We're not understanding that we have a deep intrinsic responsibility to actually see some of these injustices, sacrifice our time, and undo them. Because it's not, we, we, I say this all the time, more so recently than not, we should not be living underneath this tyranny. We should not be so complacent, so happy, and so accustomed to it. I refuse to let my child and the next generation that comes after, the, after me walk through this world with the ignorance, walk through this world with the burden of knowing that something is wrong, but not having the tools or the wherewithal to figure it out. Everybody's got a role in this thing that's happening right here. There's like, there's 360 degrees of just like problems, my friends. So pick whichever one works for you and then pick your 12 o'clock on top of that. Everybody has a role to play. But if we begin to diminish ourselves, begin to diminish our own efforts and really engage in this anti-human dehumanization campaign that's going on, well, guess what? Our adversaries won. They don't need to lift a finger. We destroyed ourselves. We didn't do what we should have done. We didn't believe in ourselves. We didn't believe in others. We didn't believe in what we were supposed to do. And I think that's, the, again, the biggest dishonor uh, to see is that there's a responsibility on our end. There's also a generational responsibility. And then there's a, 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 a even bigger commitment to that, to the human race, that we're all going to have to start really talking about and, 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 and giving over to. I agree with you. And, you know, this, this piece of like in the remembrance of how we remember what we came to do, your whole life, you're conditioned to forget, right? Because yes. you're put in these boxes. So the, the system really kind of sets you up to forget your greatness. It sets you up to, you know, break you down to the point where there's really nothing left. Then you go on your path of healing, right? And all of a sudden mm -hmm. you're like, I'm remembering. And then you get to that place where it's like that aha, holy shit, like I have work to do on this planet. It would be a disservice to my soul if I didn't complete this mission. Yes. So, you know, with the distractions of survival, with the distractions of fear, with the distractions of the unknown, the idea that one person can't make a difference, right? Like the, the beautiful, amazing people, let's call them leaders, even through their faults throughout history, had a vision. When they got their vision, they put their whole heart and soul into it. Yeah, did they get yes. paid off along the way? Probably, okay? But the reality of it is that ultimately they remembered a piece of their story that they were meant to bring to this planet. And, you know, I think that we're in the process right now. If, if it's not too late, right, for people to start to do the work now, to start to step forward in the now. And, and with the conditioning that's here now, which is fear, I yes. mean, it's the ultimate one. I've been saying this from the beginning. You plant fear in a heart. It, the heart's the truth, right? Your heart is your, it's the seed of the soul. I mean, you plant fear in there. The only way you're going to operate is through a fear-based heart. This is very complex for people to understand that they've got to move through this. I say, be fearless. Oh, easier said than done, right? Yeah. 
easier said than done, but it takes courage. And we have to remember that the soul has a mission, that people here and the future generations have a mission. This conversation has a mission, right? Like everything we do has an intention and it, it reverberates through this cosmos, whether people want to understand that or not. Every action that we take, everything we stand for, creates a bigger ripple. So what we stand behind is key right now. Amen. Amen. I, 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 I've been doing this for several to eight years. And I talk about the journey of being a rapper, entertainer, to even studying theosophy, uh, Buddhism, Taoism, to, to evolving into where we're at right now. And I talk about that because I feel like it's necessary for people to understand there is many ways to the truth. And a lot of it ends up being us holding ourselves back. Uh, yeah. This whole life of ours is meant to discover deep intrinsic truths that don't that don't get talked about. Like this world, and especially the world that they're creating, this is not a this is this is not an environment that is conducive to 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 spiritual growth. Not one that's conducive to 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 again that pro-human Renaissance-based divinity-inspired future that, that that inherently we understand. Like everybody knows that which is in us, which is eternal, is. Is, is, is the only thing that's real. Everything else here, this is temporary. We're just shooting the breeze until, you know, until we go back to home. Uh, something I've talked about more so recently with people is you, you, you hear this introduction of a neural link of, of mm -hmm. brain to machine interfaces, uploading yourself into the cloud, uh, digital IDs and things like this. My God, I have to run from that because I'm like, <laughs> let me die. Cycle me back. Do not take my image and put me inside of the Amazon Prime Google Cloud. Let me die. Let me be my own incarnation and let me come back either when the world needs fixing or whenever Earth has been fixed because that's how I feel. Deep down, that's my soul. I don't really feel like I've never really truly felt like attached to a lot of the things that are mm. of this world. I think everybody probably listening has like a, some some form of that. Uh, and you could say that's because you're not from this world. But see, we're still thinking of it in like a carnal, physical context. Uh, again, that which is in us is not of this world. It is the only thing that is real. Mm. We represent something bigger. This is, again, that pro-human, renaissance-based, divinity-inspired future. I recognize the God in you. I rec you recognize the God in me. The Australian Aborigines have a saying called Inlakesh. I am another you. We should always be trying to reflect one another. What's happened now is we have a system that has accrued so much power that is trying to supersede itself above not only the denizens that it's supposed to protect, but above God itself. And yes. that is blasphemous in, in, in by the very definition. And so what happens whenever we have a society that literally foregoes the very roots that brought it to where it's at, and then again, says, I'm, I, supersedes itself, saying, oh, I'm better than all of you. I'm better, I'm, I'm, I'm better than the God which gave me creation. I'm better than the people that, 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 that help support and encourage me to get there. I'm better than everything. I'm going to control everything. What, what happens whenever we begin to encourage a society and an ideology like that? That's absolution. That's tyranny. That's, that's control. That's, that's subversive manipulation on a whole nother level that we cannot continue to entertain. And if this is a system, something that is man-made, that's trying to supersede itself above man and God, we know where this story ends. 
And we've we... seen it a lot of times. I mean, yes. they've made so many movies about it. I mean, let's let's go to this place for a minute because I think that so you and I speak the same language. We have the same, but but the, and the people who probably are tuning in right now also have an idea that these things are happening, right? They feel it. There's some people who are really in the know. They're going way down. They're figuring it all out. They're cracking codes. You know, they're going in. They're putting the pieces together. And then there's other people who are very curious, right? They're in that space. So when we talk Neuralink, right? We talk the transhumanism agenda. We talk these nefarious things that are happening um, behind the eyes of the human, right? Yes. Disguised as something else in a very strategically operated and planned way. I mean, even to the point where it's such a level of mind control that you're gonna believe anything because it's so perfectly pitched. The propaganda is perfectly pitched. Even yes. if you look back, you could say, oh, there's no way they're gonna make AI with human beings. That's only in the movies. But we know that they tell us the future. We know how that kind of pans out. But then when we have billionaires and gazillionaires and trillionaires and whatever nairs all coming together and conspiring to bring this to humanity, we have to be very aware that yep. this is a danger and a threat and a coup on humanity. And I say that often because I really do believe that this big piece of what's happening is that. And that's why I feel that in my body like, oof, wait a minute, that's not what we came here for. Mm -hmm. We came to make sure that that does not happen. Now, there could be potentially two timelines going where those who are okay with merging with human with technology are going to go down that path. And that's going to be what that looks like. But then there's this other piece where we know that whatever is connected to nature is divine. And if we are nature in divine form, then we have to protect the natural laws of nature. What goes against the natural laws of nature is something to be questioned. Amen. So, you know, if we could go down that path for a minute, the knowledge that you have, you know, we're jumping right in. I, I, I had another way, Sorry. but we're going to go this way. And then we're going to come back around and go back to the other way. Um, tell me, like, if you could share with our listeners um, the Neuralink, the idea of transhumanism, so that they can yep. really understand on a deeper level what we're really talking about here. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Neuralink essentially is uh, Elon Musk's brain and machine neural interface. Um, and for people who are unfamiliar what a BMI is, it's basically like a USB hooked up to your brain uh, to where it reads kind of like a CAT scan. Uh, it reads your brain activity and it's able to see and reinterpret uh, brain signals. People are able to have prosthetic limbs attached to their brain and control the limbs via the, you know, the chip uh, because that's exactly what it is. So last year um, and a couple of years before that, Elon Musk had teased that he was uh, launching his Neuralink, his brain and machine interface. Uh, he talked about having it at malls to where you could have it inside of little kiosks. You could go in, get your ears pierced, and at the same time, uh, get a little get a little incision. They said that it was going to be no smaller than like a dime, and it was going to be located like somewhere around the base of your skull. Yeah, precisely, Toad Goddess. He demonstrated it with pigs. Uh, showing you that he could indeed monitor and track the brain activity of pigs. Uh, fast forward to where we're at now. My crazy self, I started freaking out, thinking, how many humans did he did he sacrifice to get the perfect algorithm? Like, how many human minds are stuck inside of the machines, inside of the matrix, before he was ready and comfortable to debut the Neuralink? Fast forward to where we're at now. He's saying that the 
Neuralink is made available for humanity. Uh, the question was, how does this tie into uh, robbing people of having that divine connection? Yes. My, my theory behind it, um, you know, again, look at where it's sitting. Where is that? Where is your pineal gland? Yeah. Just, a, just a couple centimeters like in, in any given direction. Well, what's an EMF, an electromagnetic field? What does that do? That disrupts any kind of thing that's going on inside of, your, uh, inside of that field. It's going to shut it down. That neural link is going to give off a small EMF field that's going to sit right there near your pineal gland and shut off your ability to receive connections from God. That's my theory. Talks about this in the Bible as well, how people are going to want death, but they're not going to be able to get, they're, they're going to seek after death, but they're not going to be granted it. They're talking in a weird way about immortality, right? But back to the neural link, back to the brain machine interface, where is it sitting near your pineal gland? Well, of course, that's what technology does, is it mimics and hijacks that which is natural. Uh, we could talk about photons and how people are able to receive information via light through photons. We're like really, really advanced supercomputer plants that need to be like hydrated pretty regularly. Uh, but if they remove that ability for you to digest and download information from the natural source, from God, from light, which everything is exposed to, if they remove that ability for you to, again, download that information, you're only going to have Elon Musk's brain-to-machine neural interface that feeds you Google-approved information. So just like that, boom, from taking the chip, you willingly cut yourself <laughs> off. You have been absorbed into this collective of the hive mind to where you're, again, given curated content, uh, Google-censored-approved information, Apple News, things like this. You're not able to, you're not able to have intuition. You're not able to study like yourself. You're not able to reflect. They took that ability away from you. There no, there, there's no privacy at that point too because you've literally allowed them inside your body, not just inside your mind, your body. And so we've really got to look, we, we, we have to think about this moving forward. Um, in my series, the Building the Matrix series and in the Autonomous Society series, I talk about what you were saying as well, how humanity has at least three different paths uh, moving forward, they've got the, they've got the full, full trans, the full cyborg, full transhuman that's been converted over, that's basically like a cyborg. You've got the half human, half cyborg split right there, where you have people that enable some of the technology, they try some of it, oh maybe who knows, oh, and then you've got the third who's gone full human, right? Who has said, let's get away from technology, let's get away from the black mirror. Let's get closer to God. Let's understand the human experiment, the human experience that much deeper. Let's really come into our multidimensional awareness. That's the path. Those are the paths before us right now because they're trying to, and I've said this on the show before, they're trying to control our awakening process. Uh, you can look at things like the mind calendar. You can even look at things like the Bible. You can even look at New Agers talking about the age of Aquarius versus the age of Pisces. We are moving into a massive shift a change in how we interact with this world and other worlds around us they wanted to trap us here and keep us in in in, in a dimensional box so to speak like what we had talked about at the start of the show how timelines are converging we had a certain window to make it out of here but they trapped us here they gave us these cell phones what i call these tools of enslavement we have to use these tools of enslavement as tools of enlightenment giving out the knowledge giving out the wisdom trying to wake people up because that's not what they're designed for. These black boxes, these pieces of garbage right here, 
These are these black obsidian orbs that are designed to absorb your soul, absorb your essence. And unless we become conscious in our intuition of what we're doing, well, guess what? They use us. And that's how we've got to look at this. I had a, I had a, I had a fantastic guest join the show the other day. And he was talking about how, like, like and, and I love getting into these kind of conversations. We were trying to figure out like a, a verbiage or a word to call what he said the entity, right? Mm, mm, mm. We understand that there is a, 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 a essence, a spirit, a force behind this that is sentient on a way that we can't comprehend. This is the entity. And you have many people giving themselves over to the entity, becoming willful slaves of this entity. And unless we become aware of this entity, we will carry out more of what it needs. And you see it converting people. You see it taking people. And you see people asking, how, how are you fighting it? How did you retain my humanity? Mm -hmm. How did I retain that? Because mm -hmm. I didn't give myself over. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we're at right now. We are seeing a massive shift take place um, and, and, and you see them trying to literally, as I've described it in the show, put a, put a, put a funnel and a filter on our awakening, kind of like, um, like I, I, I liken it to a water hose, like we're supposed to be shooting out of this water hose, coming into more, into more awareness of stuff. And they had the same understandings, uh, the controlling elite, the oligarchs, those who were in control, they had an understanding of realizing that in this time period, we were going to make a massive jump in consciousness, and they could not have that. They would lose control. So what better way to control consciousness than to curate content? And that's what censorship is. That's I mean, what you're like reading my, my mind because, you know, what I think about is how masterfully planned this is and yes. how the, it's sort of like the slow approach, right? If you notice all of a sudden, more so than a year ago, your phone knows exactly what you're thinking. It knows exactly yeah. what it needs to show you. You could think it and it shows up. It's like, and, and the conveniences of that at first, right? It's like, oh, that's a little scary. And then people are like, well, that's kind of good, you know? Like, so then that's the conditioning to get them to say, oh, that was fast. Oh, that was even faster. This is kind of great. I can I can make my predict my productivity a little bit quicker, you know? And so mm -hmm. then this piece becomes about convenience, right? But what do we give up for this convenience? I would say Bingo. everything. Bingo. Right? And that, that's it. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no. I mean like that that's what that's the whole part of it and that's how it's gonna roll out. Now the what I think is so interesting, like astrotheology I think is like incredible, right? It's like that's mind blowing study, like, whoa. Um, but the timing of this being right on the edge of of the age of Aquarius, right? The very beginning of it, this move from our connection to what is God, the age of Pisces, okay, God was religion. Now the potential of in the age of Aquarius, God being one of two things, technology or your connection to nature and the divine, right? So the choice is upon us. I, I often see it as the scales, right? And how we'll be weighed in the end, right? Like by what we choose as a whole mass group of people that came here to live at this time. Because if yes. you think about it, like you have your life, I have my life, everyone on this call has their life, you know, they're all working in their way, but we're part of a macro, macro, macro system. And yet we're working in these micro ways to really kind of like move 
the the call it the matrix but to move the system the matrix is moving all the time but yet we have to figure out how to operate within that right yes and so now we're really at this point where we have to reassess our positioning we have to say okay the first parts of our life was the prep work, right? That was everything, all the knowledge you gained, all the lessons you had, all the soul lessons that came in that were really hard, the ones that were really amazing, the liberating moments, the devastating moments, all of that built you into the human that you are right now so that you could step forward and make a choice. What are you gonna stand for? What are you going to want to do as these changing of the guards are in front of us? You know, and um, I got to tell you, it's it's interesting because if I do not believe that the agenda will play out in the exact way that they are planning, I keep saying that they're underestimating the soul of the human. They're yes. underestimating our hearts. They're underestimating our connection to one another. You can even see right now the desire to be connected to another human being after being separated for so long is another one of those moments where all of a sudden you're willing to give up something for the convenience of being connected again. When in reality, you can be connected without having to give that up. Yes. So it's this is psychological warfare on the human. And yes. we're getting into some really, really tricky territory right now. No, this is good. This is the great territory. This okay, is, I like uh, that. Let's go there. Because I told yeah. you, I'm a radical optimist, but I'm a realist. So, you know, like, let's... This, yeah. is, this is one of the things I appreciate uh, talking with the audience about, you know, is, like, I had, I had, a, I had a caller call in from, uh, from Holland. I think that's in Germany, somewhere mm -hmm. in Europe. Rotterdam. Yeah. Anyway, Kalinda had called in, and she had talked about how some oh, of the yes. things that were... Some of the things we're having to do now uh, is going up against the algorithm, what I call algorithmic adversity. Uh, but what she says is we have to go up against the algorithm, knowing full well that it's there. The world that we've come from is definitely not the world that we're going into. There is uh, the, controlling, the controlling aspects of society that we're talking about have unfortunately been reduced down to an algorithm managed by the technocrats. This is why we are seeing politicians become like useless, if that's ever e even more useless than they already were. And the reason I say that is because we're no longer going up against like our fellow humans. We're no longer going up against like that, that balance and that duality to where there is like cause and effect. There's repercussions for the actions we take. We're going up against like a, 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 a totalitarian system of control. Again, that algorithm that's designed to suppress, manipulate, categorize, itemize, and just, just I guess, dictate and direct it. Like we're no longer seen as actual beings. We're seen as statistical anomalies or numbers or you know, something within this system, data. And that's not, I say it over here on the show all the time, data is not knowledge. Knowledge is not wisdom and wisdom is not information. But all of these things are important for us to be making informed and educated decisions. What's happened now is they have somehow figured out how to create a system that removes the human soul, that removes the dignity, that no longer honors that. And that's the most dangerous part um, moving forward. I, I, I think one of the things I, I, I find myself like contemplating mm. is 
because because so many people are becoming woke to what's happening you we we have to, we have to worry about the great awakening but we also have to worry about the counterfeit awakening because this awakening is taking place because mm. what was hidden mm. comes to the surface mm. you have to worry about how they're going to control that expose how they're going to control the information that's coming out uh, a better way to a better and more relevant way to explain this uh, is child sex trafficking human trafficking right this is something that was taboo uh sat satanic ritual abuse child sex abuse human trafficking child sex trafficking all of that that was definitely stuff that i've done shows on in the past but underneath a biden administration what we just call those unaccompanied youths so we have to be very very cautious mm. of how they disclose this information and, co and, and coach it like, oh, this is a good thing. No, this is not a good thing. Just because we shined a light on it and we got you to talk about it and you're, whizzle, and you're, you're weaseling your way around, we still got you. And that's how we have to coach this or how, how we have to come at this because this stuff is going to come out. It's going to be disruptive. But being in this position that we're in, we've got to ask ourselves, is, is, is this the right perspective? Do people actually see the real problem here. It's not about kids in cages. It's about dehumanizing people, trafficking children. Yeah, yes, this is a huge deal, unaccompanied minors, but what about the kids that aren't being talked about? What about the kids that don't make it to their destination? Who, who's, who started this in and of its, in the first place? And so going forward, as more of this stuff comes out, that's why censorship is so key and so, so, so crazy right now because they're going to manipulate the outcome as this stuff comes out, the same way they manipulated Jeffrey Epstein's uh, alleged suicide is the same way we have got to be very mindful of how they uh, couch this information before they release it to the public, because that will ultimately determine how people perceive these problems. Because now, now we, are in a, we are in a phase of these agendas to where the controlling elites, folks like Bill Gates uh, and the people who were behind a lot of this mess are posturing and positioning themselves as if they're the saviors, as if they're the good guys. And just like that, we've now let this fox into our hen house. Just like that, we got the vampire taking care of us meat sacks, and that's dangerous. Yeah, you know, I, I was blown away. I was reading that there are 460,000 children that go missing every year in this country, and that's just those that are accounted for. Um, I mean, I, I think it's probably a low number. And the other piece of it that kind of blew my mind, you know, I was putting this in perspective for some people in my store when I discovered this, like, you know, and I was saying, okay, like, let's put 10 people in a room. Okay, now let's put 100 people in a room. We have 100 people in a room. That's a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. Now let's put 500 people in a room. Well, that's a lot of people. Okay, now you put 100,000 people in a room. Now multiply that by five, almost a half a million people a half, that's a lot of human beings not accounted for. And, and, you know, it's a, it's, that should have everyone a little bit alarmed. And I think we've become so desensitized to these things because the world is so hard and so harsh and because of survival mode and because of the quick wag the dog techniques that, that this mastermind is working under, it's so quick to be like, oh, well, if it's not your child, you know, or, oh, it gets you really worked up, but no one wants to talk about it because it's too disturbing. Because it's, no, it's really disturbing. We are all somebody's kids. 
And I feel like if we don't get back to actually like appreciating and respecting that, dude, we hear it all the time. Oh, it takes a village to raise a family. It takes a village to raise a kid. Well, how come, how come we don't really care about what's happening to our neighbor's kid? How come we don't care about what's happening to our community's kids? How come we don't care like what these kids are exposed to? It's like, yeah, am I supposed to care about this only because it, uh, it came to me? Then I don't really care. That's selfish. You're not really about the problem. You're about yourself. You're not really trying to fix the issue. This is just a convenient thing for you to get upset about. And that's the problem. I, I, like, I, I, it's, I, yeah. I'm sorry. It, I know. It, it frustrates me, man. I know. Like, I know. Be, and also because the, the thing is that we're not solution-based society. So like, just to go to that space for a minute, because I think this is important, right? When we talk about these things, you know, we've been working at such a, I want to say like such a low, I would say low frequency, but we've been working at everything is so hard. Oh, everything's about suffering. Oh, I'm such a victim. All these things, right? We're not a high functioning society when it comes to solution based content. How yes. do we create solutions? What do we do? How do we organize? You know, people keep asking me, what do we do? You know, what do we, how do we organize? And then you see all of these, or, all, all this organizing all over the world. It gets no coverage. You know, you've got people being taken down for even mm -hmm. bringing this out onto social media. You have people marching all over the world and you would never know it. You would never, ever know it unless you're someone who's curious to know mm -hmm. more. So it's almost like that makes me think of different levels of consciousness. You know, that brings me back to the beginning when I, I realized like, okay, are we working with different levels of consciousness, different levels of human beings, different levels of being? Yeah. Uh, you know, oh my gosh. Um, where do I start? Uh, on, on organizing? Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine real quick, Justin Harvey of We Are Change, Florida. Met him in Texas. Uh, when I was speaking at the United for Common Ground Media Summit, Justin Harvey of We Are Change out there in Florida, he is doing a phenomenal job. He makes he makes what I do look like 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 child's play, and I mean that like in the most respectful and congratulatory way. He's out there every other weekend or so, holding up holding up uh, Bill Gates memes, holding up signs saying "Hey, vaccines are poison," pointing people in the direction of how to learn the risks of vaccine pointing people in the direction of like uh, 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 theirs research stuff, mm -hmm. like, stuff like that. He's also activating all kinds of people throughout his entire city showing up. I, I have, I've got nothing but the utmost respect for Justin Harvey if we are changed because that's one person and he's lifting up an entire state, making them aware of the dangers of vaccines. Now you were talking about solution-based content. Mm -hmm. I, it, it's funny because I had talked about this earlier today on the show. Hmm. Uh, somebody had asked me the question, why haven't we revolted? Hmm. I said because of apathy, lack of leadership, commitment, organization, etc. But the question being, why haven't we revolted? I answered it like this on the show. When COVID-19 hit us, I called it the evolution of warfare or hybrid warfare, if you want to look at it that way, that it was no longer bang, bang, shoot them up, you're dead. It's now spiritual, psychological, it's emotional, legal, financial. We got hit with a bomb, for lack of a better word, on every front, and we had to adjust over time. Right now, what we're doing is talking about how we're revolting. Not revol not like, oh, gross, you're revolting, but like we're, we're revolting. Yeah. We're, 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 we're pushing back. We're Preparing. figuring out. 
Preparing. Precisely. Yes. Pre preparing. We're figuring out what our resources are, uh, what wherewithal is at our disposes. Um, I'm, I'm, it was uh, another one of my guests on my show that uh, accented the point I was trying to make of why it's important for people to drill down the skills that they have and then begin to offer that to a greater collective. Because what tends to happen is we see all of this that goes on and then we, we, we truly bite off more than we can chew instead of trying to refine what our skills and assets are and how that can be a, 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 of a better, uh, a better service to this greater collective. Kalinda had called into my show. She mm -hmm. had talked about how she was doing the street activism. Yeah. You know, uh, boots on the ground, man. Boots on the ground stuff, dude. Um, here locally, we have turned some of the businesses into signature generating facilities. Mm. Uh, we have sometimes weekly meetings where mm. we look at, okay, what bills are being introduced? Uh, what legislation do we want to introduce? Uh, what are our local politicians? Okay, do we have a call campaign this week? Do we have an email campaign next week? Uh, do we have a text campaign the week after? How do we look at these problems that are coming down and how do we organize against them? So you've got uh, social media committees, you've got intelligence community uh, uh, committees, you've got a legal community, uh, a legal committee, you've got different groups all within this, co uh, this coalition, this alliance mm. that are assigned different tasks that still uh, address the same initial issue. Like right here, mm. one, of the, one of the forms, and this is one that I would recommend, I can send this link to you, but right here, it's a vaccine refusal form. Mm. Uh, there are four forms that I have. There's like a refusing mandatory testing, vaccine refusal form, uh, vaccination coercion form, and an employee slash employer uh, medical testing form. There's four forms that I've had that I got checked by uh, multiple attorneys in the legal committee with this alliance I'm a part of to where this stands. Get these people's names on papers with yours and go ahead and follow through. That way, if anything does happen, you can legally hold these people responsible for anything that happens to you. This was a weapon I, I was completely unaware of. But had I not refined my skills and added them to this collective and to this committee, I would not be able to compartmentalize certain things that I'm trying to do. Mm. And that's how we've got to think. Uh, we have become addicted to outrage, getting frustrated on Emotions. social media. Emotions. Precisely. And it doesn't serve us any good. We've become no. slaves to our emotions. And that's why they're able to jerk us around by the collar all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's this other piece, you know, that I just wonder because I, I think this is, is so interesting, right? That we could be thinking that there's all these people that are not in the know, when in reality, they are in the know, but they're yes. quiet. Okay, yes. so what is that? That's the silent majority, right? Like, that's yes. the silent majority. And I would say, you know, I'll be honest with you, I know a lot of older people, like older generations that live through like, you know, really trying times in this country that know and tell me all the time, something is not right. You know, yeah. like they know because they can remember the same kind of tyranny that kind of seeped in and this idea, you know, that they're not safe any longer or that there's something else happening. You know, there's so many moving parts to this thing that it can become very uh, overwhelming for the everyday person to really process what's happening when they're really just trying to work and put food on their table for their children. You know what I mean? So we're Sorry in, oh, don't worry. So we're in this, you know, situation where I think that people, 
um, are underestimating how quickly this is rolling out. Yes. Okay. So I want to go to this place because we talk about, you know, what can we do and how do we do it? And, you know, that there's this window in your opinion or feeling or in your gut, like we were talking about, you know, this is about that gut intuition, the way that we really feel it in our gut that something's not right. This next rollout of what's coming, um, what do you think our window for shifting the direction of the narrative is? Because I feel very much like it's coming in much faster now. We talked, the things we talked about last year in March and April and May, that everyone said it was crazy, you know, conversations, tinfoil hat garbage, you know, that all came true. So I just am looking now and I'm saying, okay, you know, everyone thought Noah was a conspiracy theorist until it mm -hmm. started to rain. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I keep on saying that because, you know, being in this, in this world, my work is with the divine. So, you know, there are prophetic visions and experiences and unexplainable uh, things that we know inside of our hearts and our guts. We get dreams, we get these um, visions, you know, that, that this is coming. And yes. how quickly can we move? And then is it already written, right? So again, um, you know, what's our timeline? What's our timeline? We were talking about this before the show, and I've got to do a proper breakdown on it. But we were talking about the sparse pandemic of 2025 yes. to 2028. They are already gearing up for a, another pandemic. Um, you've heard Bill. God, I'm so sorry. Don't worry. You've, you've heard Bill Gates literally talk about uh, how the next bio weapons or bio uh, bio warfare attack will be released by terrorists and how it's going to be much more devastating. Um, for former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo uh, called COVID-19 a great exercise. Um, and so what we're what, what I'm trying to say is this was all pre-planned. Uh, when you read into the SMARS pandemic, they talk about putting people like ourselves in echo chambers, uh, a digital Wait, let me just add a piece on before you go any further. Let me just explain this to the listeners. So the SPARS pandemic was put out by Johns Hopkins. It's an 86 page document um, that is almost very, very similar. Um, everyone who's listening to this, it's very similar to event 201, which was what they did a trial on this particular pandemic right before it was uh, brought to the public arena. And the SPARS pandemic of 2020, 25 and 28 actually talks about a secondary lung infection that uh, wipes through you know, society. And there are very specific groups of people at the end. If you read through it, you can skim through it. It's 86 pages. You can find it online. Just look it up. It'll come straight up onto your phone. And you can scan through that. And you can really look and see you know, who's still part of the resistance at that point. What is the propaganda used at that moment in time four years down the line from now to get people on board with what this thing is. So, you know, it's funny, I, EJ, I just have, I'm cutting you off for a minute because I just have to say this piece is that, you know, they're telling us ahead of time. Okay. They're telling us ahead of time. They're giving us the layout. You know, it's like going to war and they're like, here's a map. Mm -hmm. What do you want to do with it? So if you're, if you're in war and someone gives you a map, okay, the first thing you're like, that can't be possible. Why would they give me a map? So that's one. 
Two, it's like, oh, screw it. I don't even need this. That's four years from now. I have no idea where I'll be. I'll get back yeah. to you on that, <laughs> right? And then there's another part of the population that's like, huh, wait a minute. That's a little suspect. Why don't I read it? Why don't I get educated? No one's coming to give this information to us. It's provided, and now we have to do the work. So I just wanted to add that in so that anyone who's listening and is wondering, you can look at the Sparse Pandemic 2025 yeah. to 2028, and you can find this out. You don't have to believe myself or EJ. You can look at it yourself and make your own gut reaction to what you're reading, and it's a bit alarming. So It is. It is. I, I um, hand that over to you, but I had to add that in. I'm not sure if we had talked about this on this show or prior to the show, but we had talked about Riza Islam. Yes, and we did. The, the so-called disinformation dozen. Yes. Where they were able to uh, figure out and pinpoint where, 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 where all of social media's primary anti-vaccine content came from. It came from the disinformation dozen. Yeah. Sure, whatever. Sure. People, if, if, if that's what helps people sleep better at night, sure. Uh, but if you go read Joe Biden's COVID-19 action plan, it talks about how in Operation Dark Winter, how they're going to use black celebrities. They're going to use uh, Krispy Kreme. You'll get your donut if you get your vaccine. They'll use uh, these celebrities, music stars, influencers to, prop to essentially propagandize people. Hey, take your vaccine. Uh, they understand that people have a historic distrust against the system, but they want to use these celebrities, these music stars, these influencers to oh, carry the message. Oh, make it normal and cool for people. Just before coming onto the air, I was reading, a, I was watching a clip of Morgan Freeman doing the very same thing, saying, I "Well, sucks if you if you trust me, you'll trust this vaccine." And so, what they're doing, right, is they're already setting up the narrative for the next outbreak. Uh, one of the one of the guests I had join me uh, last week, ironically enough, last Tuesday, um, a, a registered nurse for 30 years. We had we were going over like she was sending me links on like the CDC and on all this crazy stuff, dude. I was just like, whoa. And she was talking about how in the future. Next year, two years from now, that's when we're going to see a lot more a lot more adverse vaccine reactions that we can't hide. And it'll get to a point to where, yeah, there's a massive die off. Yeah, there's a lot of problems. We can't cover this up. You're going to have, and it talks about this in the sparse pandemic. Yeah. It talks about politicians stepping down. Yeah. Uh, it talks about people about them saying, yeah, we're going to lose a couple people due to this, but it's for the greater good. And so yeah. essentially what they're saying is they're, they're, they're trying to overtake human evolution and rewriting human biology. And so the question is, is what is the resistance gonna look like? It's gonna look like the persecution we're facing now, except even worse. They're gonna say this, this next pandemic got worse because of you dirty anti-vaxxers, because mm -hmm. of you dirty anti-maskers, you dirty, dirty humans are the reason why we can't ever get back to normal. So the people who have been administered the shot, suffered some of these adverse vaccine reactions, they're going to feel emboldened by the sacrifice they made. They're not going to say, wow, I don't want this to happen to somebody else. They're going to say, you know what? If it happened to me, you can deal with it too. So just like that, bodily autonomy went right out the window. Medical freedom, that's passe. Because now this is obey big brother. And so what, what, what's happened um, is, is, is they have eliminated the ability 
for us to have that line of my body, my choice, my body, my right. Now it's a it, it's it's about giving yourself over to this collective. They don't want resistance. They'll try to weed it out the best way they can. Uh, they'll censor you off of their platforms. They'll remove your content. Uh, they'll label you a domestic terrorist, an anti-masker, or an anti-vaxxer, or an anti-sciencer, or a, a, a climate change denier, or a COVID denier, right? This has all been psychologically wargamed on how they can, again, discredit this person, diminish the, uh, diminish the claims they're making. How can we put this person down? They don't know what they're talking about. We have white coats. Mm-hmm. We're the mm-hmm. white coat cult. You should buy down to us. This is that appeal to authority. This isn't science. And so that's where we're moving. It's, it's, it's not, it's not going to be about health as it never was. It was about totalitarian control. And so we're seeing the beginning of this start of the next pandemic right now with the removal of uh, Riza Islam and what they call the disinformation dozen. When you have Robert F. Kennedy Jr. working with the Children's Health Defense, literally putting out information on how these vaccines like adversely affect people using real stats, and they censor this man, but they promote Bill Gates, we've got a problem here. Major. Because, because we're not talking about solutions. We're allowing for these problems to persist, and they're going to get worse. That's, I, I think that's what a lot of where we're in right now is, uh, is, is people making that decision. That nurse that called in last week, she had dealt with Zika. She had dealt with mm. swine flu. She had dealt with bird flu. She had dealt with like all kinds of crazy stuff. But she said, whenever COVID came, I couldn't. I couldn't. She had trained doctors. She had helped administer the vaccine. She had done the gambit. She had traveled all over the, all over the country being a registered nurse. But when COVID came, she did her due diligence like she had with everything else. And she was like, I'm not going to do this. Mm. I'm not going to teach people. Mm. I'm good. Mm. And so now she's getting into alter- alternative health, alternative, uh, uh, um, alternative medicine. And I think that's good, for one, because we definitely need that. But how many other people were in that same situation but decided to stay within the system because they didn't know anything different? How many people have committed that cement of blood ritual to where they have take partaken in, in, in this great evil act to where they can't go back. And so there's a, there's a lot of stuff that we've got to start thinking about uh, moving forward. The best thing I can tell people to do is get your immune system up, get healthy. You know, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a, 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 somebody with lung cancer trying to run a marathon because they don't want lung cancer. You should have started a couple of years ago. If we see this stuff going down, if we don't start getting into this not necessarily combative or, or, or contentious mindset, if we don't know how to stand up for ourselves saying, oh, I'm taking my vitamins, I'm taking my nutraceuticals, my supplements, I'm drinking at least like three gallons of water a day, I spend at least like six hours of sunlight, I down iodine, I love magnesium, we need selenium. Like if, if we don't have people at least standing up for that, mm-hmm. when they come for what's next, you're not going to have any defense. And so that's what I, I think I'm trying to say is we need to begin working those muscles now. You see people say it all the time. Exercise your rights. Exercise your rights or, you, or you'll lose them. Exercise your muscles or you'll lose them. It's the same thing. If we're not exercising our existence right now, well, we might as well just give it over. And so, and, and, and that's the best, that's, that's all I can say. 
No, you know, with the thing that, and I agree with you, and, you know, this brings me to the next part of our conversation. So we're going to go to this space. But what I would like to say is that um, the thing that really kind of stood out to me in the Spars pandemic when I read that were um, the fact that the Muslims were the main population of people who were still in resistance yes. over this. So, so you know, the timing of that. Now, the Spars pandemic, um, that came out a couple months ago when they put that out. And I read that scanning through looking like, okay, so who is still part of the resistance to this whole agenda at this point? And it said that the Muslim population is still actually in resistance. And I found that to be very fascinating. And then a couple handfuls of other people. And, and there was a strategy written in there of how to get those people on board. And so again, it's like they're giving us the guidebook. So that was very interesting to me. And then to see them deplatform RZA so many times, you know, he's such a powerful voice. He's such a strong uh, being on this planet. His mission is clear, you know, and actually, to be honest with you, I, I was kind of blown away in the very beginning of this because you know, the thing that went ding, 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 ding. I said, why are all these celebrities with these huge platforms and all these churches and all of these places and houses of worship with these huge platforms so quiet, like crickets, crickets. Mm -hmm. And the only person that came on and gave a full sermon, I mean, a full blown sermon, and he even stated in it that, you know, his head is on the line and there, you know, was Farrakhan. And he was giving this, I don't know if you saw it, but he, in the very beginning, he came on straight up and he was like, they're coming for us, all of yep. us. And, you know, it was really fascinating for me when I look at history. So that's where we're going. So when I look at history and I look at the way that people are um, cornered into one particular, let's say, genre, personality, um, one fight for what they have, right? But yet it can apply to so many other human beings too, right? So like for me, I'm not Muslim, but to me, I was like, wow, that was an incredible sermon. Like I could watch that again and again. Like it was so powerful. Like I can, I can absorb what's coming at me. Yet when people are so married to their faith, their religion, their belief system, their identity, they can't look and hear something outside of the context of what they live within, right? So someone would say, oh, Farrakhan, you know, like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> like, what? you know, yeah, Farrakhan. It's like, Whoa. yeah, like, yeah. You're Muslim now? Yeah. Like, no, do you, you know? what he's saying? <laughs> yeah, like, um, hello? You know, and, and so I, I found that to be so interesting because I was, I started sharing about it, like, wow, do you hear this speech? It was like amazing. And, you know, and I love that, like, strong kind of message from, like, you know, the higher power. I'm like, yeah, bring it, you know? And so, like, that piece to me was like, oh, man, if they're the last group holding out, like, I'm going to be marching with them, you know? Like, I felt that in my body, in my being, and I've shared that with people. It's like, wow, that's incredible. So, so you got to think about it. They're, they're practicing. The Nation of Islam is definitely... Um they're definitely growing and in strength and diversity uh, I and think they practice so. they practice group economics yeah uh they they practice a lot of sovereignty they practice uh, a lot of self-governance they practice a lot of things man uh and uh let's just say that they have a very interesting future ahead of them i think so too uh, and a dangerous one because a dangerous path because you know like in any part of history where you've seen any group of people 
go against the mainstream narrative, it's a very, very dangerous place to walk. And it's also when you're in that gut knowing, it's the only way to do it. And so there's no other way to, you can't stray. Like it's in you, mm -hmm. it's in there's, you. There's, there's nothing else for us to do, man. Like that's yeah. how I see it. Like they took away the sports, that's all propaganda now, all the video games, that's all propaganda now. There's nothing else for us to do. Like we, we know what's going on. All right. and, and, and that might be like arrogant and conceited of me to think, you know, but we know what's happening. People deep down know what's, what's going on, what time it is. But as we've been talking about throughout the entirety of this, they're not, they're not, they're, they're not committed. They're, they're not fully like in, in awareness, mm -hmm. right? That's the other half is yes, there's something wrong, but it's conquering that what can I do about it? And then sticking to your guns, having that commitment, having that consistency, having that discipline and having that focus to show up. That's what they talk about over there, the nation of Islam, among other things. And so right. when yeah. this is no longer here in America, and in Western society to where we just don't care about nothing. Everybody's apathetic. Uh, we have morals that are as rooted in the ground as a bag in the sky. I could see how the nation of Islam at the end of all this or towards the end of this stuff uh, would be considered a threat because you want a fair amount of the population to be propagandized to or at least brainwashed. If you have people practicing sovereignty, self-governance, group economics, they're teaching their own. I mean, my God, bro, Malcolm X said it the best. He's like, only a fool will let the enemy teach his children. And this is where we're at right now. You got them building up economies, uh, or building up communities, buying the block, not just the bar, getting invested and getting dug in. We do not see that over here in America, right? Like one of the things I had talked about on the show earlier this earlier today uh, was how Antifa, Antifa in Portland is beginning to grow and have their own ground. They have their autonomous zones. Mm -hmm. uh, Nikola Tesla uh, and various other technocrats are beginning to create what they call innovation zones that are setting down the foundation for smart cities. Uh, you've got people like Akon, who's setting up his solar-powered cryptocurrency city. Uh, you also have families in Atlanta, Georgia, who are buying land and developing it. And so what I call this is the fracturing of society or the partitioning of civilization, right? And so I could see how the nation of Islam using America as an incubator would begin to practice some of these, uh, some of what we've talked about here, the autonomous zones, uh, the sanctuary cities, these protected areas. Uh, they're not like Sharia law, but right. you, you get what I'm saying. I do. Areas, areas that they control where they're able to protect their own. We're on the government's plantation. All these cops these days, they're borderline old slave catchers. We're the slaves. And so unless we get off of this plantation and either onto a new one or we advocate our identity with this current construction, we're subjected to its tyranny. And so I could, again, see how the nation of Islam in the future, with all this going down, not wanting Western medicine, not wanting to entertain any of this, wanting to take care of their own, I could see how they would be considered a threat moving forward. Because as, 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 as former CIA director John Brennan said, libertarians anarchists, religious, uh, religious extremists, nativists, and anybody that's basically a free-thinking individual is a terrorist. This was said by former CIA director John Brennan, the very same CIA director that advocated for stratospheric aerosol injections. So he's literally coming after nativists 
uh, religious people who don't want to be involved, involved in any of this. And I could see that falling underneath the category. Homesteaders, of the homesteaders, people who want to go back to the earth, you know, and, and like, that's the piece I think that everyone should be concerned about. Because when you yes. really think about it, right? I mean, just in, in, in layperson conversation, if you desire, I'm not saying everyone has a desire to join the Nation of Islam, or everyone has a desire to be a homesteader, everyone has a desire to go back to, you know, the, the ways where you're just living off the earth, okay? Not everyone has that in them. But mm -hmm. if you did have a desire to do that, you're going to want to be free to do it. So that's why this should be alarming to everybody, because if you're not free, if everybody's not free to make a choice, then you're not free either. So that's what, and I think that's the concept that people don't really quite understand because in the end, it's really about control, right? Like how do we control the masses? Because the masses can't be trusted to make the best decisions and the masses won't make us money if we can't control the masses. So, you know, we have to think in this way that it's like, how do I want to set myself up, right? Like if I'm going to fight for my freedom, I'm fighting for everyone's freedom. If I believe in my own personal choice, I believe that everyone should have the choice to do what they want to do with their body, with their mind, with their spirit, with their soul, you know, and it doesn't affect me what you choose to do. But because of the dynamic of everyone needs to do the right thing, it does affect me what you choose to do. Because now you're choosing this thing that I have to do. Well, it doesn't really work that way if we're talking about sovereignty. So this is where it gets very tricky. And I think that's where the mind control piece has started to come in. It's because, you know, there's this idea, you know, I, I was making a joke the other day when we were younger, there was a song that people played that people sang about uh, peer pressure. And it was like, it just said something like, like peer pressure, nobody likes it, you know, like. <laughs> Peer pressure, it's not your friend, you know, like, like, and it's just trolling on peer pressure. Yeah, just like, Get you know, we're rapping about peer pressure, pressure. We're, just about <laughs> <laughs> we're just rapping about peer pressure, you know, like, because when you're younger, peer pressure is the thing that makes you do things you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you do it because you're like, oh, my God, I'm being peer pressured into do it. And I was always the one that was like, screw that. Like, I'm going to do it my own way because that thing is not for me. But, you know, I came in with a strong constitution. So I encourage my people to, like, understand what your constitution is, like separate from yes. like this big thing, like get straight about your constitution because it's in there. Um, but, you know, you got to stand in your constitution and you got to figure out what your constitution is so that when you are peer pressured into something, you actually can start to feel like, ooh, maybe that's not the thing for me. Because I think, EJ, this is going to go in waves. You know, yes. right now we're just in the first breakdown of, of peer pressure, okay? <laughs> like, so I'll be singing that song for a while now, but I'm just saying, you know? Oh, I'm a, I'm a white supremacist, bro, didn't you know? I, I am a white supremacist, didn't you know? Clearly. Yeah, so I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm probably an Uncle Tom or, you know, a race traitor and a, a white supremacist. And the reason I say that is because these, uh, oh, my bad, I'm a conspiracy theorist and a domestic terrorist too, shucks. And that's me taking away their power. That's me trolling. Mm. Uh, the weight of these words saying, oh, I guess I'm a white supremacist now. Shucks, I guess I'm just a dirty American that doesn't want to wear a mask. You know, it's like I tell people I'm not anti-mask. I'm actually pro-face. I know mm. that sounds crazy in today's society, but mm. 
I'm not anti-mask. I'm just pro-face. I would mm. prefer to see your face. Mm. And so what this means is we've, we've, we've got to see these designations and see the things that they do and remove their influence on us. Uh, my wife loves to say this all the time, that I'm like culturally retarded. What does she say? She said, uh, she says, I'm fiscally, she's like, she's like, I'm fiscally conservative and like culturally retarded. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but she's making a joke because I don't really get along anyway. with much of my generation, man. My generation loves a lot of nonsense. And uh, I guess I like books. I guess I like reading. I guess I like prayer. I guess I like meditation. I guess I like nothing my generation likes. And that's okay because you've got to understand who you are right. moving forward because you're always going to have the world telling you who you are, what you can do, and what you can't do. And this is a massive test uh, whether or not people are feeling connected in, in communication with themselves or if they feel in more alignment with everybody else. Uh, last year, no, in 2019, I had a, 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 I, I had a saying that I tried to reiterate throughout every single show that uh, how you communicate with yourself dictates how deeply you will connect with yourself. I'll say that again. How you communicate with yourself dictates how deeply you, you connect with yourself. Yeah. And we were talking beforehand about uh, layers of consciousness, yes. layers of where people are able to interact. Very few people are willing to get to the core and then the essence of the core within that and then the energy of the essence that's within every single person's core. Most people, they just want to have like a superficial understanding of themselves, of others, of how the world works, and they're okay with that. And that's okay. And so when we come here talking about these, these, these deeper spiritual truths, uh, to a degree, that's too much for them. But at the same time, it's what they need. It's that scratch, that itch, that seed that we're planting saying, you know, there's something greater inside you. I wish I could hear it. I wish you would share with us that greatness that's inside you, because guess what? We all need it. I know, I know yeah. you're scared of it, but we need that greatness that's inside you. And it's not doing anybody a lick of good staying locked up there. And so that's, I, I guess some of what my message is these days yes. is the, 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 it's, it's only going to intensify. One of the quips I like to say all the time is evil evolves. And as evil evolves, righteousness must rise to quell it. We have to figure out how to massage and accent that greatness within people so that when they see these threats coming down, they don't put on the earbuds and, you know, throw on the shades and, you know, hit the mask and just go someplace that they take these things off that these 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 accessories these accoutrements that these aren't you this isn't you we need the you to fight this these things these acts these accessories that you put on that's a part of the show that's a part of the act they don't we don't need that we need the truest you to fight this that human inside you that's what we need mm. because people have become so detached so disconnected from themselves that we're, the, we're, we're, we're in truly unnatural times, man. Mm -hmm. And that's what worries me the most is that we have somehow figured out how to normalize the unnatural uh, to where we're pushing abominations, we're pushing blasphemy, we're pushing some crazy stuff, dude. And um, it will only intensify. That's why I like what you said at the start of the show. Uh, we can only control ourselves. 
And uh, that's the best thing we can do is try to strengthen our resolve and strengthen our understanding because we have a world that's designed to rob us of our identity and a government that robs us of our rights. So this entire existence, specifically this period in time with C-19 going on, this is exactly what you were saying. Mm -hmm. We have to remember who we are. We, it, it, it is imperative that we understand who we are because these people are trying to tell us otherwise. And if we listen to them, just put your mask on, eat your Krispy Kreme donuts. What's all the big fuss for? Mm. And that's a problem. You know, because they're promoting ignorance. You know, EJ, I gotta say, I, I mean, I'm right there with you. The other piece of this that really comes through is like, so I, I believe that there's the possibility of people still awakening to the aha, okay? Like, I believe that in my gut. Um, I also have to say that time's ticking, right? And that the society is not set up for people to thrive because yes. if we were to know our greatness and our power and to be fully individuated, like completely in our being and, and every flaw, every piece of the beautifulness that we're made of, every piece of it, like the whole gamut of what we consist of, this, the whole thing, that we would be unstoppable. We would be like, this is who I am. I'm presenting myself to the world. I'm ready to show up. This is what I'm bringing. And yet at the same time, society cultivates an identity that is the yes. ideal. And so we're battling this now in like the 80s and 90s, you know, we could see it in women's body types, right? We could see it in these things. Now we have a bunch of garbage in pop culture that is so just low frequency. I can't, I'm not even going to criticize. I'm just going to say low vibration, low frequency garbage, you know, and yeah. it's idealized. And, and they've been pushing us into this, into this for a long time, ever since reality TV became a thing, ever since the Jersey shore was like a thing that people tuned into ever since all the reality garbage of getting into people's dirty laundry became a thing. And so they've been conditioning us for a very long time to become dependent on these ideals. And now yes. we have this thing. And now to flip it, they're taking that celebrity idealism, which are the false gods, and they're putting it back on the people and influencing them further. So rather than showing up as the unique person that you are or showing up as the unique individual and soul that you came here to be, it's like you're an outcast. You are not yes. playing along with this thing. And it's always been like that. But now because of our phones and social media, it's so much stronger because it's in your face all the time, you know? Okay, myself or you could look at that. We see right through it, right? It's like so clear as day. But someone who doesn't have a strong constitution, somebody who doesn't, yeah, Jerry Springer, I see someone put up in the chat, like, it's Jerry Springer. I mean, that was like, yeah, it was just like pure garbage. Oh, I love, love Jerry. Yeah, well, you remember that, it, like, it lowered your frequency. It was like all of the crazy drama that you're like, oh, shit, I hope that never happens in my life. Like, that was nuts, right. you know, but you got to right. witness it, you know? Oh, like, my God, you know. <laughs> You know, Get some and, Steve Wilkos in there too. Yeah, like that's the whole thing. There was all of that, like um, the curiosity of like the, the way other people live, you know? Mm -hmm. And now, and that's why I say, EJ, I say it's like, you know, I had this, this vision was like, okay, we've been for so long putting ourselves in other people's shoes. Envision what it's like to be in that person's shoes and feel their pain, have compassion. What would it be like for you to be in those shoes, walking in those shoes? And now we're at the time where it's like, get to know your shoes, 
Like get to know your own shoes, get to know what you walk with, get to figure out how you want to walk in those shoes. You know, we're in that kind of, we're in that kind of gospel now, as far as I'm concerned, but we're not there, right? Because the piece is, is that if you walk in your own shoes, it's the witch hunt. So they're coming for you if you walk in your own shoes. So this is how deep the psychological priming is. And so, you know, it goes against every cell in my being uh, to, how do I say this? Like um, to accept that I am to do something a certain way because I'm being told to do it. It's like, mm, yes. that's never been the case no for me. How am I gonna change that now? I mean, I'm, how am I gonna change that? That's never gonna happen, you know? It's not, there's not a, there's not a, uh, there's not a one, a one size fits all for existence. No. And uh, this this boilerplate approach they're taking towards life is 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 it's anti-human, man. It's uh it's definitely not something that's conducive to to the human spirit, uh, to God, to na to nature. Uh, it's 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 dangerous. You know, there's a lot of th there there's a couple of things you touched on, man, uh, that I'd like to get into. Mm. Um, you know, putting yourself in other people's shoes, understanding like the condition that we're in. At the same time, like realizing the time frame that we're in, I call it a show me your salt moment, mm -hmm. right? Like we're, we're, we're called to be salt of the earth, boots on the ground, salt yes. of the earth, like ugh, we're supposed to have grit. But for some reason, we have become very lukewarm. We've become very room temperature in our approach. But what's happening now is we're having a show me your salt moment in history to where it's like, what are you really about? Are you, are you really about these things? Are you really committed to these visions? Or is this just something you play on social media? Mm -hmm. Do you really care about these causes? Do you really care about the blight of your fellow man? Or is that just clickbait? Yeah. And so we're moving forward with this understanding. Uh, and a, a fair amount of society is not going to get pop, uh, publicized because it's not glamorous. It's not um, popular. So, precisely it's, this is this is not popular like this kind of conversation is not a popular but but secretly it is though oh yeah oh yeah dude you i i was thinking about this today at the gym i had the i hope my wife my any I, i'm gonna say it anyway get myself in trouble okay okay uh, but um i was uh it was leg day today i was at the gym girls at the gym uh, I was doing sit-ups before I did my squats, you know, and I'm a pretty thick dude. I don't wear my mask whenever I'm doing sit-ups because I'm trying to breathe. I'm trying to work out my sit-ups, and so I don't want to, you know, halfway vomit through the mask while I'm doing sit-ups. I'm doing my sit-ups, trying to strut my stuff. And I see these girls over here. They got their masks on, and they pull their masks down, and they wink at me. And I don't wink at them back. I think of myself because I'm still like in conspiratory mode. I'm like, yeah, no girl would want to talk to a guy that wears a mask. Yeah, because masks are for cucks. Of course, people want to see somebody working out, not wearing a mask, getting intense. That's inspirational. That's cur that's courageous. So I didn't I didn't really wink back at him. I just kind of like waved. And then I went back into my conspiracy mode, you know, thinking that's the key. That's what you need to do. Mm. You need to take your mask off all the time so you can inspire people every chance that you forget. And so mm. I say all that to say this, people are, because of social media, people wanna be influenced, but they need to see something, somebody else do it. Uh, 
I see so many news feeds mm. all the time. I'm exposed to a ridiculous amount of information. Yeah. Uh, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, this uh, congresswoman that got arrested or that got elected, she represents a fair amount of the American population right now. But because there was no one on her campaign trail with with that had any of the things that she was doing, nobody could understand. Mm. People want leadership, but because it requires a sacrifice of comfortability to become a leader, people don't want to do that. Mm. And so we all have everybody being comfortable and compliant, not standing up, not not only standing up for themselves, but not fighting for their fellow man. And this is the problem. We've all got to sacrifice a little bit of comfortability in order to get what we want. Uh, but this is, again, something that hasn't been talked about in the society. Uh, we want our cake and we want to eat it too. We want to be able to go to the, all the ball games, but we want to act like none of this happened. We've got to call these people out, hold them accountable for the stuff that they're doing, expose their consistent injustices and lies, and come up with a counter narrative. Uh, something I'm working about, something I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work on over here on my end uh, is essentially like a, uh, a blueprint to fight globalism locally. Uh, yeah, I was fascinated by this when you were telling me this earlier, because I mean, I think that I, I'm going to let you speak, but I, I just want the, the viewers and the listeners to know that a piece of the story is obviously legislation. And, yes. you know, I think that we as uh, like defenders of the human race, um, we forget that it's not just speaking this into existence, it's doing, it's creating yes. some kind of action. And I think what you're doing is amazing. So yes, please share that with, with our listeners, because I think the idea of taking this boots on the ground and then figuring out a plan into how to bring the protection into an, in, in an effective way is something that we're missing. I think we're missing it. Yes. Well, that, again, I don't think we, and this, it came, it came to me like as Trump was like leaving office, how I started thinking about it. I was like, all we do, all we, all we do is just keep saying, I don't want that. That's all we say. Oh, um, oh, they're trying to run through this gun control. I don't want that. Stop it. Right. We, 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 and that's it. We don't ever follow up on, on that bill. We don't ever follow up on where that bill came from, who sponsored the bill. Like, where is, where does this bill like come from in a larger context, right? Who is who are these group of people who are pushing this gun control narrative? We don't ever we don't ever get there. We always just look at the problem, freak out, and say, oh, I don't want that. What I wanted to do with creating like a framework for fighting local globalism locally is uh look at Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, look at I think uh, the 20 communist goals, look at uh, uh, the yellow vest movement because back in 2018 and 2017, they were killing it as far as shining a light on globalist, inter, uh, globalist involvement in France, right? And so they literally came up with, I think like a 25 point proposal uh, going against globalism. This is what the whole Yellow Vest protest was. It covered politics to transportation, to, uh, to finance, uh, to the environment. And now, I don't think that they were trying to go anti-agenda 21 and, the, and agenda 2030, but they came up with a framework where they could where they could see that the Paris Climate Accord was being introduced into their politics and they fought it back. So that's what we need to do. We need to see the globalism, understand that it's happening to us, 
come up with a framework that way we can have guidelines to fall back on and say no this is the legislation we want you to introduce because it's going to nullify all of that we need to see the see the battle space look at how they're trying to move these move these pawns into position and then again preempt some of their moves uh one of my callers i just keep mentioning her today because she she was flying on all cylinders like what we should be doing kalinda was telling me how she was preempting the the the, the, the climate change activists yes. coming up to her for uh for cleaning up the masks right she's using the cleanup of the masks as the vehicle to go out there and bypass COVID-19 lockdowns and wake people up and expose this. And so she's preempting that the climate change activists are gonna come at her by saying that if I didn't care about the environment, why would I clean up the masks? So it's this type of like advanced preemptive approach that we need to take instead of just being more reactive. And I think that's the best way to describe it. We need to be preemptive and not reactive. They can manipulate our reactions because that's emotional based. But preemptive, that's more mental. That's us thinking two steps down the line, figuring out how we can trip our adversaries in this position. Coming up with the framework for fighting globalism locally is just that, knowing full well that they have a globalist overarching agenda. Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, Agenda 2050, Codex Elementarius, Rex 84. It's all out there, bro. Like, wake up, look, preempt that so that we can understand what their next step is and again, fight globalism locally. We know what they're doing. How do we begin to uphold these values that we hold true and dear as they try to take them from us? Yeah, and you know, I, I wanna say this because I, you know, I, I always talk about this Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, um, the Chinese Global Initiative of 2049, that's like a real deal one. But people, I don't think they know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're fine. You're fine. Forgot to turn the lights on. I actually, I want to, can you give me one second? I want to see something. Give me one minute. Please do. Okay, hold on. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Yeah. It is your resident heretic. He, 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 he. Salutations, my friends. Um, if you guys keep hearing me mention the guests that I have on the show, it's because every Tuesday, which is the day that we're recording, I, uh, I do an Instagram live as well, and we have people on the show. They call in, they tell us their stories, what they're up to, uh, from Puerto Rico to Brazil to the UK to Rotterdam to all over, man. People join us. Uh, and I appreciate talking about these types of things with people from all over. And that's what has to happen now. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I just wanted to bring this in because um, for all those who are listening or watching us live on OTW Tube, the fight for humanity, um, I want to just bring this in because I think it's important for people to understand. You know, I'm like a, I am a book girl. Okay, like. I'm like, what, this is happening? I need to get the textbook, give me the textbook. So I Good. want everyone to understand what we're talking about. So this is the Earth Summit Agenda 21, the United Nations Program of Action from Rio de Janeiro. This is no joke, okay? Yeah, dude. Hello, okay, so if you have not been someone who has to go and get a book like this, 
just as an FYI, this is what we're talking about here. This is, this is no joke. I mean, this is a massive, massive textbook. This is like, you know, college textbook kind of book. All right. Yes, so yes. the everyday person is not going to be like, Hey, I think today I'll be reading Agenda 21 for my future. Like they're just not going to go, okay? They're not going to go and get this book. But here's the thing about it. What they need to know in particular is that it is total control of all food, water, mm -hmm. land, resources, every single thing that you possibly have freedom and access to is in here under the guise of climate change. So do I believe that the world is changing and that you know we're in, uh, uh, the sun is moving, the solar minimum is happening? Yeah, I believe all of that is happening. It is happening. But does it have to come with this? Does it have to come with this? That's the bigger piece, okay? Like, mm -hmm. do we really need to have it come with this particular agenda you know and it's very funny because you know EJ I have to laugh because it's like every time I use this word agenda I'm like it's not my they word tell you. it's not my they word tell you. it's not my word it's agenda it's not my they word. tell you they they straight tell you like what it is and I you know I I I, I used to read it and I would think like gosh that's gonna be crazy how that's crazy how could they make climate change a, a, a reason to radically and fundamentally change like society? There's no way that could happen. And then boom, COVID hits. And now we're having to debate vaccine passports. So right. yeah, no, they can for sure radically change society off of something that may or may not exist. Dude. And uh, I mean, I, 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 have a, I have an article right here where it talks about health seals for businesses oh. and how that's what's coming next after vaccine passports and how the well the well building standard is aligned with the united nations sdgs its pilot features are mapped to the 17 sdgs sustainable development goals so the vaccine passport and the health seals for businesses that's associated with the vaccine passport is a part of the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals. The Well the people... Seal, just just so everyone knows, it's called the Well Seal, and they just yes. did it. They just did it uh, an infomercial about it, where actually Deepak Chopra was on it. You know what I mean? It's like every, and that's why I say that every single thing that you know or think that you know to be true, you must take a step back and just look for a minute and say, does this really, really serve? the full entire humanity, your fellow people, people, like, does it? That's what we have to, we gotta look at that. You know, it's it's like, I, I, I love human beings. I don't know. I just, I love human beings. And I just know that that ultimately does not serve our greater good. And, you know, if, if I felt in my being that something kept people safe or served humanity in a really, good powerful way i would be behind it but everything about it doesn't feel that way to me it doesn't do that's why i say it's an anti-human agenda like what we are what again an anti-human agenda algorithmic adversity uh where we are literally being told you're a dirty human if you don't put this mask on and take our experimental shot this is something that that's 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 out of a science fiction movie this is not something that comes from the minds of men this is something that comes from the depths of hell. That's the only way I can describe it. That's why oh. every time they try to masquerade and coach this, like, oh, 
this is for the betterment of humanity. Oh, we're trying to help, you know, heal the earth. That's, that's what you'll read in the SDGs as well, that they're trying to position themselves as the saviors of the planet, that they are going to be the stewards of the planet, that they can, they, they know what's best for us. If they can do this, get you again to give over your rights, give over your, yourself, think, think about what world this will create, what type of future this will create. They're, they're, they're literally trying to take over human reproduction. They're literally holding your freedoms hostage, saying, you can have your freedoms if you get your Krispy Kreme donut vaccine. You could go back to your ball games. You can go back to your entertainment if you do what we say. We're being held hostage. Yeah. How, is, how, is, how could this be natural? How could this be of any benefit to humans? This is clearly again, an anti-human agenda. This is something that's meant to diminish and dehumanize people. Um, and I think we had talked about it earlier Earlier in the show. You were mentioning, too, how uh, older individuals are, are, are beginning to come around. I think COVID's a part of this, this, this active depopulation agenda as well, because that whole generation has, a, has knowledge and wisdom that we just destroy and crap on. And you have to think, once those people are gone, that's knowledge that we'll never get back that's insight we'll never get back. That's wisdom that's gone because it got taken away because of a shot. And that's the dangerous part about this. So outside of us being actively dehumanized, actively being diminished, we're having our history stolen from us and replaced with health seals. Health seals for businesses? Again, history. When did we become the Jews? When were we under Nazi occupation? When did I have to show proof of my existence? This is a dangerous trend. That's why they say those that don't know history are doomed to repeat it. And this is why you see them manipulating our history, having shouting words like Nazis, not understanding what it means. So a, a very interesting future is being laid before us. Um, and I can only pray that we make it through intact, man, or at least that we're able to help others make it through mm. intact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, again, I think that if we can come to the point where we really see that history is repeating itself, you know, there's something very alarming. This bill A416 that's on the table in New York City, which is the bill that allows people, the government to come into your home and remove you if you are a public health threat. Um, I think it's something that all human beings, no matter where you stand on any issue right now, should be extremely concerned about a thousand percent, because you have to imagine that that's not just saying, oh, you'll be exempt. That's saying that everyone is in the line of fire. So it doesn't matter, because remember, when they want something, they're coming for it. And, you know, it's... It's, a, it's alarming, it's also disheartening. And at the same time, I, like I told you, EJ, I have this, and I'm, and I'm a realist, but I'm a radical optimist that we came here, whether or not it's to help awaken others, those that are awake now can remember. So if that's what it is, because I don't believe in the us and them, like I never wanna be in a position where I'm like, oh, them over there, that's not my goal, right? Love is my message unity consciousness, you know, remembering the divine spark that exists inside of you. Now, if someone goes to the AI, the, you know, they go to that other side, like 
okay, I can't do anything about it. But for those of us who are still human, we have an opportunity to really remember, right? Yes. To really remember. And I think that we have to be really um, awake to that. And the more conversations we have, that was the other thing I was going to say. Thank you. Um, is You're that welcome. these? Hello. These <laughs> kinds of conversations are so important because you never know when one person is listening that was like, "Oh shit, I didn't think about it like that," or "Oh, I didn't think about it like that." You know. So you know, they they matter. These conversations matter. I just want to make sure that I got this right. Um, Hold on one second. I'm just going to. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Assembly, New York Assembly Bill 416. That is the assembly bill that's on um, that's that's on the um, on the table right now. And it's in 416. Is that what it was? Hold on. I just want to make sure. Hold on. Yes. It relates to the removal of cases, contacts, and carriers of communicable disease that are potentially hazardous to public health. So I think we have to be aware. Okay, so the bigger question then becomes, where do we put those people? What are they planning? Yep. And then that goes back to Rex 46. Okay, so like that's the part of it, which is FEMA camps, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, those people who are in the know about that and might have stayed up late night for years and years and years curious about well what the hell were they doing when we had Katrina and they got the got all that money and they started building all of those things and you know Kanye was on the on the teleprompter and all this shit was going George down. Bush doesn't like black people. You remember? That's when they <laughs> yeah. got the money and that's when they started building all of these FEMA camps and they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you know we have to wonder why With all the disposable coffins. I saw that. I mean, years and years and I mean, years, years. I'm like a, I'm, I'm just like a, such a curious person. And it always really came up inside of my gut to like always late night, late night scrolling, late night researching. Like that was always my thing. So, you know, I just, I always question if you build something, you got a purpose for it. Right. I mean, that's why we have to be able to have these conversations while we still can. While yes. people can still have ideas about what's really potentially allegedly happening. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I thoroughly think that uh, COVID-19, COVID and I talked a lot about this like last year with the George Floyd protests and all the, all the, all the BLM and Antifa activists protests that were going down. They started conducting like targeted arrests because of that autonomous zone. They like began to secretly arrest like the leadership. I worried about that mm. because these people still have rights, regardless of if we think they're domestic terrorists, insurrectionists, whatever. We should not be secretly disappearing people simply because of some stuff that they said online. COVID-19 gave people the cover to say, oh, well, this person had COVID. Not that they're a political dissident or anything. They had COVID, therefore they're a danger to public health and safety. So we're just gonna go ahead and disappear them. COVID gave them the perfect cover to go ahead and start disappearing political dissenters. And that's why everybody should be worried about that. This is the first time I've heard about this bill. Uh, but I know yeah. at the start of the pandemic, uh, I forget the gentleman's name, uh, Michael something or rather at the World Health Organization, he green lighted that he wanted to go inside of people's houses and have the ability to yeah. remove them from these facilities, remove them from their homes uh, in order to protect everybody else in the facility. This is again, more of that COVID-1984 big brother double speak to where they're saying, hey, we want to have the ability to bypass your individual human rights 
for the sake of the of, of the of the greater good. This is a very dangerous precedent. Uh, they're already doing this in Canada as well. Oh yeah. Uh, a member of Parliament, I remember posting it on the page, freaked out. He had called out uh, other members of Parliament saying, "Hey, what are you guys doing building these attainment facilities? Where is wh how do we know?" that these facilities aren't going to be used for political dissidents. Right now it might be for COVID, but what happens when the Overton window changes? What happens whenever it's a climate change denier that needs to be put inside of these facilities? What happens whenever it's an anti-masker or an anti-science person? And this is the precedent they're setting, that they can disappear you simply for your choices, not your beliefs, your choices. That's not a free society. You are living underneath a subversive tyranny uh, and I'm, 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 I'm not, I think everybody knows where that goes. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this is, again, where I have to point back to the fracturing of society, because you're going to have governmental areas that are going to have such strict measures in place that it's going to be impossible to live. And so in order for people to live, they're going to have to leave. Like we saw this again with COVID-19 uh, because of the socioeconomic reformation the economic migrations that took place, people leaving California, people leaving New York, because the cost of living was not only too high, taxes, but you got mask Nazis around every corner, people freaking out about stuff, they didn't want to leave. Well, what happens whenever they keep tightening down these restrictions? People are either going to continue to capitulate, or they're going to break apart and go someplace else. But it's, it's, this, this is, that's why all of this is so crazy is because we have to have like a 3,000 foot view and at the same time understand these adversaries and their, and, and their mindset because you're literally talking about how these people are trying to trick you into giving over your free will to carry out the plans that they need. And it is just, it's, it's, it, it's sophisticated. So I could understand why people get turned off. I can understand why people say, oh, this isn't happening. I could understand all that. But unfortunately, I can't share those views because this is all happening and I do see this taking place and I understand what the end goal is. And so for the rest of my life, I'm gonna be trying to figure out how to fight this, retain some sense of normalcy, and at the same time, build a redoubt for other people that are gonna be waking up because as they continue to have strict measures, more people are gonna wake up. And as they wake up, they're gonna to try to clamp down even harder. And this is, this is the paradox and the crazy, the crazy beauty of just how this world works, the more they try to stop it, the stronger we become. And so I think it'll be interesting to see. That's why I, I, I am worried, you know, about the FEMA camps, about the vaccine passports, uh, about the mark of the beast, technocracy, everything we're talking about here and more. Uh, but my faith in God has not betrayed me yet, dude. And I feel like he'll give me the sense to, 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 to either warn people or to take care of what I need to, to lead by example so other people can take care of what they need to, because this is this is out of this is out of my hands. I have to admit that. This is out of my hands. This is outside my realm of comprehension. But the only way I can get through it is the way that I got here with God. He's the only one that's gonna help me get through this. Because if if I were to listen to my mind, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing a quarter of the things I'm doing. I would give into that spirit of fear and cowardice. I'd run. I'd say, shit, they have my face on all these shows. They have my voice everywhere. I can't do anything. It's time for me to run. 
But if I were to listen to myself, I would not be here. That's why I have to listen to something greater that's guiding me. And that's all I'm doing is sharing with you that which was given to me. Thy will, not my will. You know, I, I really feel very strongly about that because if we can remember that we're vessels of something outside of ourselves, the greater good, the higher consciousness, the, the almighty great mystery that has always been guiding us from the beginning of time. If we as human beings can remember that, we have the potential, whether, you know, everyone's got a different belief system. So whatever your belief system is, if you can remember that your belief system, your guidance would have you wanting to, you know, honor your, your path, I think that we have the potential to shift this, right? Because there's no other way. Now, there's this, there's this part, you know, where you can go under the radar, right? And you can, you can do the underground, right? The underground way. And I think there's going to be a big movement towards that because it's going to become yes. very dangerous for people to just be out and about talking about these things. And what I would like to share um, with our listeners and with anyone who tunes in later to listen to this um, is to remember that these conversations make a difference. And, you know, not just that, start having them, start getting curious, start becoming curious about the things that we're talking about here and do your own research. You don't have to believe us, right? Like you don't have to believe anything we say, but if something feels good and feels curious in your gut, then go ahead and check it out further because then you know for yourself and then you don't have to go back and say, well, I need more research. And, okay, if you need more, go find more. Because like, that's the whole piece. If everyone just kind of got a little curious, this would be a game changer. We have to normalize having conversations that are difficult. We have to normalize having conversations with people that maybe perhaps you might not share the same view with, but maybe there's something you can get from them. Maybe there's something they can get from you. We have to normalize that. And I think that, yes. you know, in the past year, I mean, it's so strategic, right? To like make it such a political divisive year to roll all of this through, not just the astrological alignments of, you know, the age of Aquarius moving from the age of Pisces, but the year that we're literally moving through our political arena, which was such a shit show. And you know what, that was also strategic. I can think back to four years ago, how strategic it was to put him in there to get us to this place. So, I mean, there's so many layers to it that to me feel very obvious, right? Because yeah. I'm looking, I'm like, oh my God, this is so obvious. Like what a crazy game they put us in. Like, this is crazy, you know? And- It is, dude. Dude, it's crazy. And, right? It is. Maybe. I think, uh, can you hear me, Jolene? Hey, I can hear you. I see you. Oh, uh, can you can you hear me? Yes. 
Okay. I got you. The, the screen was freezing. Tell me. What did you yeah, say? The, the screen was freezing. I saw that right at that moment, right? How about now? Um, you were saying normalize difficult conversations? Yes, normalize difficult conversations. We need to normalize the things that are uncomfortable so that we can actually push through. If we don't normalize those things, we're just gonna keep going in two different directions and we're never gonna get there. You know, we have to normalize this uncomfortable energy that we have around communicating the things that we're seeing and witnessing. You know, like saying to a friend of yours, maybe, hey, are you noticing this thing that's happening? Like, it seems a little strange to me. What do you think? You know, like really simple ways of communicating will always break the ice around. And then someone will say, oh, you know, no, I don't see it like that. And that's cool too, right? So we gotta be okay with that also. But yeah, we have to normalize changing our minds. We have to normalize shifting our belief systems so that when something shifts really quickly, we know that we can do something with it, right? Because yes. if you notice every single time in this past year, EJ, every time you thought you had an idea about what was happening, what was coming, another one, boom, another thing happens, right? It was just like, clockwork right so it's going to keep rolling out like that because now we're really in this space where the influence can come in very strong the influence can come in very strong so that's how it's it's appearing to me but yes normalizing these kinds of conversations and having more of them with people i think is important yes yeah and uh, operating with an open heart uh i know i seem very aggressive but kindness helps uh, kindness and compassion and an open heart helps uh, sweetness too, especially whenever it comes to this type of stuff. This is pretty hard stuff, dude. It's, it's, it's intense and heady things. Uh, you're basically giving people core reality. And so that's going to be a little hard and rough for most people to digest. So you got to figure out a way to, again, coax it in something that's a little bit more digestible, figure out again, how to meet people where they're at, talk to them, uh, about what they understand and what they're curious about because what I've learned doing this is sometimes the extremely direct method is not the way to take. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it doesn't matter if you print the documents off, print out the statements, play the clips for them. A certain sect of the population won't be swayed either way. And that's a learning experience because if you're upset that they're not changing, you're not learning anything about yourself either. And so sometimes you've got to meet people where they're at, discover what they know, because this might also help you refine what you understand and what you believe in. Oh, uh, I had a, I was working with a company here and they were talking about content moderation and basically free speech on their platform and stuff like that. And I was like, no, man, let those people fight on your page and on all of your platforms. Do not censor them. Do not moderate what they say not only because this is good engagement, right? And that's what you want to generate traffic on your page, but also so you can see what your viewpoints are. This person might say something that you're in total opposition to, but your opposition to that might spur you to think a little bit different about your position to where you see where this person's coming from and at the same time appreciate where you're standing. But if we don't actually foster discussion, foster normal human interaction, we don't get to discover ourselves uh, any deeper. One of the things I tell people all the time is that I thought I knew what I cared about and what I was upset by until I started doing this. 
I thought I knew what I was triggered by and what upset me until I started doing this. I saw that they were coming after, they were coming after education. They were coming after uh, uh, housing security. They were coming after job security. They were coming after the, 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 the birth of children, the unborn. I thought I knew what I cared about. And then I started doing this and that opened up a world for me. And so that's what, that's all I can recommend to people is don't be so committed to your views that you're not willing to understand things differently and don't have such an open mind that your mind falls out. Be willing to change your views and change your perspective when confronted with new information, because this might again, either refine your viewpoint or change you into something else entirely. And I tell people this all the time. You think I came in here pulling up documents and pulling up the Bible and just pulling up scripture and just like flailing and railing and, and, and <laughs> ranting and raving? This is an evolution and you've got to be willing to grow. That's how this works, man. You don't, you don't get anywhere without a willingness to learn or willingness to grow. And you also, you know, another thing I would add to that too is um, when you were a child, not you, but necessarily like when we were children, there was this um, idea that there was like a, you know, the boogeyman in the closet, like that dark corner when the closets were closed, that there was always something behind there, the Wizard of Oz, the, the wizard behind the screen. Remember that, you know, we're only fearful of the thing that we can't see until we see it, you know? So yes. we're only fearful of the thing that we can't see until we see it, until we discover what it is. Then we get to say, okay, now that I know what that is, I could do something with what I have. So, you know, if there's any hope, it's like, go in, look around, see what's, see what's what, you know, and then decide what you want to do about it. Decide what is your direction? What's your North Star? What's your purpose? What's your passion? And I love how you said this in the beginning. It's like, find the thing that you're passionate about and put yourself into that. Find the cause that you have and walk towards that. I mean, you didn't say it exactly like that, but that's what I got from what you said. You know, it's like, Find that thing that like really hits you and go deeper into that. I think knowledge is power. And yes. the more that we go in and we look around, remember, I, again, EJ, I'm gonna also just reiterate this to our listeners here tonight, is that the gut, we, we only briefly talked about this, but you and I had a, a deeper conversation about it. The gut is so important because our intuition is what really allows us to feel into what is true for us and everyone's truth is negotiable everyone's truth can it sits inside of us we can feel into it that's my truth that's my hard truth that's my uh it's kind of a truth for me but i'm not quite there yet mm -hmm. yeah you know i'm not so sure it doesn't really feel right to me and that's all good but the pieces our intuition our first brain the gut is always communicating to us it's always allowing us to feel deeper into something that on a cellular level does not feel right so I would really encourage you know, all of our listeners, all those that tune in to you, all those that come here and tune in here, all of the On The Wake Up Radio family, all of the people who are curious um, to really feel into your gut in this moment. And you know, my mom always says, Jolene, if something isn't right, it isn't. And um, you know, that always really stuck with me. She said, if it doesn't feel right, that's probably because it isn't. And I always come back to that. You know, it's like, you know, your, your parents, your mothers, your, you know, your fathers, all, all of our people in our life, they, they share these like little wisdoms throughout time that 
just stick. And that's one of the ones that really stuck for me. You know, I've used it many times to reevaluate a choice I've made or a direction I've chosen. And uh, when I'm looking back, I say, oh, yeah, right. That still did, that didn't feel good. I'm glad I made that decision, you know. So, you know, being willing to change our minds, being willing to feel into our gut, I think is really key, especially in a time when our gut is being dismembered, right? Like the food yes. we eat, you know, the, the water we drink. I mean, every single thing we put in our body is moving through our gut, you know, and that's really a major thing if you think about it. So we have to reevaluate how we want to live, what we want to do with the time that we're given here and what we want to stand for and how we want to, yes. we want to lead with love most importantly, you know, for all people, regardless of what they believe. I think that's really important in this, in this conversation too. My dog's gone crazy. Come here, come over here. So hey, Pepper. Uh, he's a, he's a wild one. So EJ, I want to, um, just a couple more minutes, if you don't mind, is that okay? Uh, yes. Okay. Couple, just a couple more minutes. Not, not much longer, but I just want to, because I know we're at our time, but I want to just ask you um, one more question. So for you, your, your path has been the path of truth, and you've been doing this for a long time. What was your wake-up moment? What was your, what was your, like, aha moment? Because, you know, I know you had a radio show on the Wake Up Radio for, for a while. I know that you have your show. You have um, a lot of things that you're doing in the public eye. And I'm just curious, you know, you said you've been doing this seven years. What was that thing that kind of got you like? Um, I, uh, Come here. I tell people this all the time. I came, I came into this from the paranormal supernatural aspect, Ooh. like looking up, you know, paranormal stories. I've got a few of my own that are very strange. Mm. Um, but, uh, I remember I was sitting in the studio. This is like back whenever I was doing like hip hop and EDM still doing like rapper stuff shows. I remember like sitting in the, in the studio and just like asking the team, I was like, what are we doing? And I don't know like how, I don't know where we got, how we got there, like on the conversation, there's like smoke all up in the studio, you know, and they're over here laughing at me. Cause I like, I want a family. I don't want to just be like a degenerate rapper. I don't want to just like drink smoke and throw my life away like i have old songs where you'll hear me say this i don't want the gold i want the scrolls to open up your souls and so i realized like i cared about stuff mm. whoa mm. i cared about things i wanted to understand things differently but in my current configuration being an entertainer being an artist being a rapper so to speak i couldn't do that mm. i couldn't i couldn't do it but i had all this all this knowledge, all this stuff, all this technology, all this equipment, and I just had to share it with somebody. Mm. And I remember leaving the studio one day, looking at my wife before she was my wife and saying, I don't think I can keep doing this, dude. Like, I don't, I, as, like, I know this sounds crazy, but I don't want to do shows anymore. I don't want to be on the stage anymore. I don't want to do this crap, bro. Like, I'm throwing my life away, uh, trying to seem cool, and this is just not for me. And so during that seven year period, I had lived with my brother, I had lived on my own, I had lived out of state, and then I lived with my wife, and then things just changed. Mm. Uh, I started out in essentially a closet on top of a dresser, freaking out about like all this stuff. And so it, it, it came from a moment of waking up, realizing rap is a lie. 
hip hop is alive. Not really hip hop, but rap and trap, it's alive. That's all a part of a trap designed to keep you in a, a state of decadence. Run away from that. There's a bigger truth here. And then once I discovered that bigger truth that there's people controlling this, that some of that rap and some of that trap crap was created to keep people in a position of subservience to where they'll never get out of that. That's, that was set up. Who set that up? Was it the Jews? No, I'm not saying the Jews. Who created this system? Who introduced crack cocaine into the population? Who said that killing, shooting, robbing, thieving, doing all this stuff was what black folks do? Who created, who, who, who gave us our identity? Mm -hmm. Who gave us that? And so I had to work back through that. I had to give up the shows. I had to give up all that stuff. I had to like really rediscover what is going on during that time period. I would listen to Coast to Coast, uh, The Paracast, Mysterious Universe, uh, Paranormal Podcasts. And I thought, shucks, I talk about this with people. I, I'm, I'm excited about these things. I've had some strange experiences. And so I got on the internet. And for the first season, which I allow for everybody to download, season one, you can download for free. Uh, you can hear my timid voice. You can hear the fear in my voice. You can hear me trying to talk about Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, freaking out about the base understanding of what I knew. Mm. I was just freaking out. And that was seven years ago. Here's where we are now. We've got series, we've got shows, we've got so much content that we need to get more organized. Mm. Um, and so one of the aha moments was realizing that, hey, people are listening to you, not because you spit hot fire, not because you drop bars, bruh, but people are listening to you because there's something to what you're saying. You're not just here to screw around and waste time. You're actually saying something with substance and people want to hear that substance. And I had to take it upon myself to have that responsibility to say, hey, if people are listening to you, give them something of substance to listen to. Mm. Don't just don't just babble at them because they want to hear you talk. Give them something that means something. I, I told this to um, this 18 year old kid that I had talked to before going to the gym today. I told this to Jensen. I was like, uh, I, I was telling him how you're on a much better path than I was when I was at 18. And the fact that you're actively seeking out these truths and trying to understand this is, 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 is quintessential. And so to have somebody who's been following me since he was 14, I found out, either 14 or 16, come into this awareness. That's like such a, it's such a, uh. it's such a like invi in, in, in invigorating thing because you're, to me, I feel like I'm saving somebody. Yeah. To me, it feels like I'm seeing somebody who could have gone down that path that I went through, but your little bits of, your, your little bits of rant and ramble has helped them. And so I don't, I, I really couldn't pinpoint what the precise moment was. Uh, but I'd say that's probably the best one for, for, for this conversation, man, because yeah. I've had paranormal experiences that kind of spurred me off into whole Jags where I, 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 you know, but that's not this. I talked about this too with Jensen and how it was, it was whenever I got completely sober that we started talking about the ether, the ether winds or these spirit chords. Uh, and this is something we've kind of like alluded to throughout the entirety of the show uh, that each person has like a, 
a life mission, so to speak, huh? and uh, how some people are able to see these 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 ether winds, these spirit cords. They're able to see like their life path. And whenever I got really clean, really sober, really just like pure is the best way I can describe it. It was almost overwhelming how how much of everything I could see, how much of everything I could comprehend, how how everything fit into play, and it it. it it, it, it made me cry, it made me break down because I knew I had this awareness and I have to do something about this. And so some of the drinking did come back, some of the smoking did come back because it was overwhelming. I heard, I heard that, like, that call from God saying, you are responsible, you have to do this, you gotta go out there. And it was a lot. And so I'm not sure how to answer that question. Yeah. What was the- It was a good uh -huh. answer. I thought it was perfect. I think you did it. I hope it I hope it suffices because it's a number of things, man, that led us to this point here. Yeah. And we're just getting started. Uh, we are just getting started. And I can't wait till we get to have another conversation because I think we only scratched the surface. We only scratched oh, yeah. the surface. So this was a good start. Um, and I have to tell you, you know, it reminds me of the what I told you when we were on the call. It's like, you know, when you're young, you get that hit and you're it becomes so overwhelming through your being that you're preparing for something. And I also had that experience and the emotions overtook me. I can remember multiple times feeling very emotional about my mission. I know, yeah. I know, I know that feeling. I know exactly what you're talking about. So I'm so glad we're connected. I'm so grateful for you, your work, for everything that you're doing. Thank you for being a voice. Thank you for bringing your voice. Thank you for Thank you. evolving your voice over time and using the essence of who you are to be consistent, really consistent. I mean, you're so sharp and consistent with your delivery. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Like I'm, I'm happy to know you. And I'm, I'm so glad that we're on this mission together because together we rise, you know, together we bring this in. I, I'm yes, very grateful. Thank you so much. And I also want to say thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to everyone who tuned in tonight. Thank you for this amazing chat in the chat box. Thank you for all those who are listening live on the Wake Up Radio. Thank you so much. Share this video. Let other people know that it's okay to have these conversations. It's okay to become curious. It's okay to, you know, start to have the conversation with someone that you might be able to, you know, bring something to light for them that they didn't know was actually happening. Hey, you never know when you're going to make uh, an impact on a person, just like the story that you just told. You just never, ever know, you know? So this is the beautiful part. And always remember the only thing you can control is your own frequency. And with that, any last words of wisdom that you would like to share with our listeners before we sign off? Oh, um, remember who you are, man. Don't let other folks tell you who you are. And uh, realize we were created perfect, man. We've got this pandemic going on right now. And you literally see them saying that uh, the immune system isn't, isn't doing what God intended for it to do. You were made whole and perfect in your first and only carnation. Don't let other people tell you otherwise. Be grateful for the life that you've been given because I tell people this all the time. You're on the right side of the ground. You can be six feet under being mulch, being worm food. <laughs> you're on the right side of the ground. You're still able to make change. Get out there and go do it. That's right. Ah, thank you so, so much. And God bless on the baby. I'm so excited for you. So exciting. I'll do a show. Don't worry. She'll come up here. Okay, good. Oh, hey, oh, hey baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
Have a Thank great night. I can't wait to speak again. We'll be in contact for sure. Many blessings. Sounds like a plan. All right. Thank you. Good night. Bye. Bye, fam. Thank you so much to everybody who joined us tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for bringing your spirit, your open mind, your eyes, your ears, your heart. Thank you so, so, so much. I'm sending you so much love from my casa to your casa. Also, Suki says, good night. Remember that the only thing that you can control is your own frequency. And that love is the message. And together we rise. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. Join our free speech platform on the Wake Up Radio. You can create your own profile. You can put anything you want in there. Come on, throw it down, put it in. Big shout out to Cindy Super Producer. Amazing OTW Tube. We are rising. So join us, join us, join us. And don't forget that... Uh, being pushed a little bit to the edge isn't a bad thing. So if you're uncomfortable, hey, that's part of growth, right? It's not all that easy. Isn't this like what life's about, right? And how true is this song still? I know y'all listened to it when you were younger and you're like, ooh, I like that groove. It's so good. So, oh. I love you all so much. I'm sending you so much love. I don't want to leave, but... I think it's time, time to hit the, hit the hay and, uh, you know, sit around and contemplate just a bit more. Remember, 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 and but most importantly, remember this heart, the soul, the power of you, and the power of us. So much love. Thank you so much. Can't wait to see you all next week. And until then, I send you nothing but love. Love is the message, and I'll see you soon. Good night and sweet dreams, ladies and gentlemen. Mwah. Bye.